The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Ephesians chapter 4? And I'm going to be starting a four week series today called Life Source Connect. So over the next four weeks, we are going to be doing a series that we will be running perpetually in our church on Sundays um, after church, but I'm going to give it to the whole church for the first four weeks, and then we'll continue continue it on um, after the church services as a series for new people that want to connect to our church. And so today what I'm going to be talking about is what Life Source is all about. Next week I'm going to be talking about finding your purpose and the importance of finding your purpose. And, um, and then the following week I'm going to be talking about how, how you fit in. And then the fourth week it's about joining the team and we're going to have all the different uh, volunteer opportunities for you to become part of the team and, and contribute to changing our world one person at a time. But today, it's all about what Life Source is all about. And so if you're new to our church, you could not have come on a better Sunday than today just to find out what our church is all about. So Ephesians chapter 4, um, there's this incredible passage of scripture in verse 11 that talks about the ascension gifts to the church. And it says that Jesus gave to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so I see myself as a pastor teacher. So one of the things that will happen if you come to our church is that you'll get pastored and you'll get taught the word of God. But then it doesn't stop there. And it says the purpose of God giving pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists to the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to equip you to serve, to minister, to be involved, for the edifying of the body, to build up the body, the church, till we all come to the unity of the faith. And I want to underline that word, unity of the faith, because I really believe that a strong church can only become strong when it has unity, yeah. unity of the faith. When a church gets unity of the faith, that's when it becomes strong. If it doesn't have unity of the faith, then what we've got is a convention center. We've got just whatever, but it's not strong. When it gets united, it gets strong. But you can't have unity unless people are in agreement. And then you can't have agreement if people don't know what they're agreeing on. And, and so what I'm going to do today is, is give you an overview of what our church is about so that you can agree. You can say, that's what our church is all about. And, um, and with agreement comes unity, and with unity comes strength, and we can accomplish all that God wants us to accomplish. Can anybody say amen to that? Okay, I'm going to launch in. So we're going to go hard, fast, and furiously. Are you ready? Just buckle in, put your seatbelt on, because I'm changing it up a gear. So our, our church has a key verse. The key verse that really encapsulates the eight pillars of our church are found in Matthew 28. Turn to Matthew 28. And in Matthew 28, what we call this the Great Commission. But in, in, this, 
in, in these four verses are encapsulated what I call the eight pillars of our church. So let me read to you Matthew 28, verses 17 to 20. It says this. Uh, I opened up to Mark. Let me open up to Matthew. It says, When they saw him, when they saw Jesus, this is after the resurrection, they worshipped him. And in a moment, I'll just open up the eight scriptures, but the first one is about worship. But some doubted. I hope you're a worshipper, not a doubter. I hope this morning that you're one of the worshippers. And, and as you have already experienced today, is that we start our service in worship because it's one of the pillars of the church. Then it moves on and it says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So in these four verses, the eight pillars of our church, the first one is worship. You want to... The thing that marks our church is that we're a gathering of God lovers. And so if there's one thing that marks our church is that we're God lovers. And so when you come to Life Source Church, this is the gathering of the God lovers who love to worship. And so it's not just the four songs on a Sunday. We've got worship music in our car. We've got you know, worship music in our home. We just love to worship in our devotional time. We worship. We just love that whole, what the atmosphere of worship creates. And it's what God lovers love doing. How many God lovers have we got here? Give me a wave if you're a God lover. If you're a God lover, you will love to worship. The second pillar of our church is what Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so we, we believe in the power of the gospel. The gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. And what Jesus said in this verse is that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So what we believe is that there is no other name under heaven whereby men may be saved, but through the mighty name of Jesus. When you come to this church, what you'll hear is the gospel. You'll hear the name of Jesus. You will hear that in the name of Jesus, there is power to heal, to save, to deliver, to set people free. We believe that when you start speaking the name of Jesus, demons begin to tremble. The atmosphere begins to change. We speak the name of Jesus into situations. We speak the name of Jesus into families, into atmosphere, because Jesus said, all authority has been given to me under heaven and earth. We believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, but by him. It's the gospel. It's the power of God. And the apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. Oh man, I tell you, I can get preaching on that one. Just that one pillar, but I got a lot more to share with you. The third pillar is this. Go therefore and make disciples. So we make disciples. As a church, we make disciples. We believe in discipleship. So we believe this, that once you receive salvation, once you get converted, that's not the end of the journey. That's the beginning of the journey. 
And the next step from, from, from being converted is to become a disciple. And what's a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows Jesus, who becomes like Jesus. And so that's our goal. Our goal is not just to get saved, but to be transformed and to become like Jesus. It's not just about getting to heaven. It's about being transformed now and being Jesus people wherever you go. See, listen, let me tell you something. You want to be successful in our church? Become like Jesus. That's success right there. You want to be successful in life? Become like Jesus. You want to be successful eternally? Become like Jesus. So get that miserable face off. Get all the depression and all that stuff out of your life because Jesus has the power to deliver you from that and just fill you with love, peace, and joy. We're going to talk about a little bit of that later on. Fourth pillar of our church is missions. So this is what it says. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. So for us, we're a missions church. We're not a church that does missions. We're a missions church. See, a church that does missions has missions on the side as an appendage. A missions church has missions right in the center. It's, it's the focus of all that we do. And, and so once I've finished this four weeks... Then we've got two weeks on touching the world. Let me tell you, we've got every Sunday already organized until May. And then even in May, I've got a whole new series that I'm going to be starting that'll take us into June. Uh, you know, but, but let me tell you something, that when we get to March and we're talking about the missions, what we've done in our church over the last 20 years, it is phenomenal. It's, uh, it, it was March of 1998 that we made a decision to go from a church that does missions to a missions church. And in 20 years, we have seen extraordinary things. And, and Helen's going to bring an incredible report in March because we appointed her as our missions pastor 20 years ago. And in March, we're going to be celebrating 20 years of Helen Rogers as our missions pastor. And just having a look at the amazing things that's been accomplished simply because we're obeying the Great Commission, taking the gospel to all the nations. The fifth pillar of our church is baptism. Here it is, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, we believe that God gives us a new start. How awesome is that? And what baptism is, is like it's a line in the sand. It's like saying, here's your new start. We're gonna, you know, through baptism, all of your past gets washed away. You get a new, all of your shame, all of your guilt. What an incredible message the message of baptism is. You get a new start. Where in life can you get a new start? But in the gospel, it gives you a new beginning. We baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We baptize you out of your old life into a new life. A new life where you're a child of God, where you belong to the family of God, where you enter into the family of God. You become a child of God. How awesome is that? could go on for that for another five hours. Teaching them. Here's the sixth pillar of our church. We love teaching God's word. If you come to this church, you will find that we open up the scriptures every Sunday and we teach you the word of God. And, you know, I'm not here to give you highfalutin academic treatises. I'm here to open up the word of God and give you practical application, how this works for you today. 
So when you come to this church, my goal is for you to lead better than the way you came. My goal is for you to be encouraged, for you to be inspired, for you to receive something that is not based on human psychology, but is based on the Word of God, is based on the principles out of this book. See, I'm a big believer that heaven and earth will pass away, but not one word from this book will fall short. It is the Word of God. It's indisputable. It has been written. It has the power and authority to change lives, and we teach it. Amen. Seventh pillar of our church is obedience, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded. We, we, we just believe that the secret to success is obeying God's word. Just obedience. There's, there's, there's many options in life and there's many different directions that you can take. But if you want to truly be blessed, it's obey. You've got to trust and obey. Because God's got the best life sorted for you. It's not as if God wants the worst life for you. He wants the best life. And the only way that you will enjoy the best life is through obedience. Just obey God's word. Be faithful. Be loyal. You know, just this past week, you know, we've seen the damage that disobedience to God's word has caused in the political circles. Someone's decided that they want to quit with their wife and take up with their, their staffer. And, and it's created havoc in Australian politics. It's just created havoc. You know what? One of the most beautiful things that you can do in life is just be faithful and loyal. Work through your problems. Work through your situations. But come through the other end with this commitment to obeying God's word. And, and what a wonderful thing. And can I just say to you that if you want to be a disciple, discipleship is connected to obedience. It's not what you think. It's what God's word says. It's not what you feel. It's what God's word says. Obedience to God's word will always take you to the best way. And you know what? At this church, we're going to preach the word and you will respond through obedience. Amen? Okay, the eighth pillar of our church is divine presence. This is what God says. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Just his divine presence with us, especially when we're fulfilling the Great Commission, especially when we're sharing our faith with others, especially when we're planting churches, especially when we're moving forward. He's promised us his divine presence. I will be with you 24-7, the presence of God. What a wonderful thing it is to wake up tomorrow morning and go to work with the assurance that God's presence is with you. Go to school, go to uni, wherever you're going tomorrow, this assurance of, I'm not doing this alone. I've got God's presence. I've got God's... And begin to speak to the Holy Spirit. Begin to communicate. God, I just want to thank you that your presence is with me. I'm, I'm just aware of your presence. Get switched on to the presence of God. What an amazing thing it is to be switched on to the supernatural, to be switched on to the fact that, that yes, we live in a physical world, but we're exposed to a supernatural world where God lives. And for us to be tuned in and aware of his presence is such a powerful thing. That's the eight pillars of our church. We are God lovers. We share Jesus. We make disciples. We're a missions church. We believe God gives a new start. We love teaching God's word. We obey God's word. Wow. How awesome is that? Just as the foundations of what our church is all about. Second thing I want to talk to you about is our vision and core values and culture, which is all connected to this key verse. 
We exist as a church to bring God and people together. Just in one simple little phrase, we exist to bring God and people together. What a joy it is to bring God and people together. For me, that's the passion of my life, to bring God and people together. See, as a God lover, I'm, I'm just crazy passionate about God. And so when you come here, you will never see a boring, dead, just a preacher that's just you know, used to be somewhere, but now is sort of waiting for retirement. You're always going to find a God lover that's passionate about bringing God and people together. I'm passionate about that. So I want you to catch some of that passion so that you too can bring God and people together. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing that will bring you more joy than bringing God and people together. Can I just say something? You've got to do something for eternity. The Bible says, do not lay treasure on earth with moss and and rust um, uh, uh, corroded, but lay up treasure in heaven. So here's the big question for you. What are you doing with eternal ramifications? What are you doing for eternity? And whenever you bring God and, and, and a person together, you're storing up treasure in heaven. And when you get to heaven, you'll find the treasure there. And what a joy it is to store up treasure in heaven. So I'm passionate about that. And that's what our church is all about. Now, we've got three core values that, that revolve around bringing God and people together. And our three core values are simply, we love God. How many times have I said that? I keep saying it. We love God. We're passionate about that. We're also passionate about growing spiritually. I, I, I really don't want you to be stifled in your Christian growth. I want you when you come to this church every single week to be growing. I want you when you go to connect groups every single week to be growing. I want you when you get involved in the various demographics of our church to be growing. To be growing. Because in community, we grow. We encourage each other. In, in reading the word, we grow. In application of the word, we grow. In sharing Jesus with others, we grow. In, in, in fighting the good fight, we grow. In, in combating the, the, all the challenges of life, whether it be financially or whether it be physically or whether it be spiritually, we grow. And we're here to do it together. We're here to encourage each other. What a wonderful thing. And thirdly, we're here to help others. Just this whole aspect of helping others is such, is such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. You know, I was talking to someone just yesterday. We, we, we ran the Sharing Jesus seminar with Tony, and I saw Tony slip in. And, um, and right at the back, I was talking to a lady, and she, and she was saying to me, look, I've been coming to this church for about six months or so, but we've never had an opportunity to meet and so I spoke to her yesterday, and she was saying, I've met Kay, and uh, Kay runs our community care. And she says, I, I, I've asked Kay to be involved with this, um, this, this women's shelter that, um, that we're involved with, women that, are, that get beaten up and exposed to domestic violence. And she says, because, because I need help, and I've discovered that the best way that I can get help is by helping others. How powerful was that? What an incredible revelation this lady had. She understood that if you need help, the best way that you can receive help is just by getting the focus off yourself and onto others. And I'm telling you, there's no more joy than seeing the joy that you can put on someone's face in helping you become joyous. So helping others is certainly one of our core values. Our culture 
you know, every church has got a culture. So what's the culture of life source? Are you ready for this? Just very simple. The culture of life source is to be like Jesus. Just write that down. That's our culture, to be like Jesus. I, 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 want, I want to rob. I see, as, as a pastor, my goal is to help you become like Jesus. But my responsibility is to help role model. And, and my responsibility is to help role model that. And so our goal in life is to be like Jesus. Our whole behavior, our whole demeanor, our whole response to people is to be Christ-like. Now, how many of you know that sometimes we achieve that, sometimes not quite? But you know what? When you not you, you pick yourself up and you say, and you apologize if your behavior is not Christ-like. And you say, you know what? I've learned that that's not what to do, but I want to do better. And have that culture is just such a beautiful thing. And, you know, I think just, you know, if you want to be like Jesus, that be filled with love and joy and peace. It's so beautiful to be kind and gracious, to be generous and others focused. There's all Jesus likeness. And, you know, can I just say to you that God has sent the Holy Spirit to help us be like that. And so when we read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is all the power of God to help us become like Jesus. And so he empowers us. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to sort of just put your teeth. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to be. Just say, Holy Spirit, just let your fruit come into my life. And the outworking of that is Jesus' culture. And that's what I want in our church. I just want everyone to understand that the culture of life source is to be like Jesus. Amen? Our beliefs. What are our beliefs? I said that I was going to go hard, fast, and furiously this morning. Are you keeping up? Has anybody got, got writer's cramp yet? Because I see some of you with your mobile phones. Just That saves a lot of writer's cramp. Just click. Got it. Okay. And if you want it, we can email it to you. It's fine. Okay. Our beliefs. Our core beliefs are connected to the Articles of Faith of the Australian Christian Churches. So we belong to a movement in Australia called the Australian Christian Churches. There are over a thousand of Australian Christian churches. We used to be known as the Assemblies of God. And we are still legally connected with the Assemblies of God worldwide. But we decided a few years ago that we change our name from Assemblies of God to Australian Christian churches, mainly because most of our churches are contemporary churches, and we didn't kind of feel that the name Assemblies of God had the contemporary connotation. Kind of felt a lot of people thought we were a cult. And, um, and so we decided, why don't we change our name and make it what we really want to be, and that's Christian churches for Australia. And so that's what we did. We've called ourselves Australian Christian churches. So we've got over a thousand churches. In New South Wales, we have over 350 churches. We've got maybe 200 churches in Sydney alone and growing and expanding. And I think we've got uh, a constituency at the moment of something like 350,000 people in, in, uh, in our churches in Australia. And so what we have in the Australian Christian churches is 20 articles of faith. And these 20 articles of faith are found on our website. So if you go to lifesource.org.au, go to resources, and you'll find under resources, know what you believe. And what I've done with our 20 articles of faith is not only state the one paragraph of what our 
what our faith article is. But I've also given a Bible study, an explanation of what that looks like for us. So you can read about it. It's, it's a document um, that's quite lengthy, so I'm not going to give it to you this morning. But you're more than welcome to go to our website and read through what we believe. And that's really important that, um, that we're all on the same page with that. Let me talk to you about our governance for a little while. Just, uh, you know, just how, how are we governed? Here it is. Number one, we have a board of directors. And um, people that are on our board are, uh, are Matt Cross, David Helvagian, um, Helen Rogers. We have um, Samuel Ng Jr. that's on our board. We've also got a Samuel Ng Sr. that was on our board. And, and uh, other people like Sanjay that, are, that were on our board. Ivan Ang that were on our board. And we have a bit of a rotation. And, and uh, Kay Waddle that was on our board. So we have a, a rotation, a two-year tenure. Um, that, uh, of people that rotate, still in the church because we're in good relationship. And, and what's the purpose of the board? To govern the legal affairs of our church. That's what the board does. They govern the legal affairs of our church. Then we have pastors and elders in our church and, and connect group leaders, and they oversee the spiritual needs of our church. So the board oversees the legal needs, the pastors and elders oversee the spiritual needs. So we draw a line between the two so that the board doesn't have to oversee the spiritual needs of our church. Uh, But if they connect to the legalities of our church, they certainly contribute to that. And then we also have uh, an executive of the Australian Christian Churches And the executive of the Australian Christian churches, they keep our pastors accountable by issuing credentials and also removing credentials. And so there's uh, a stipulation that I can only be a pastor of this church if I hold a credential with the uh, Australian Christian churches. And if I do anything wrong, the credential is removed and uh, discipline is part of that process. So so there's a whole um, process of governance that happens in our church. Can I talk to you about our finances? Money. Everybody wants to know about money. Okay, well, let me talk to you about money for a little while. Our board of directors receive a weekly report regarding our finances. Incidentally, I never touch one cent. Not one cent passes through my hands. I'm not even a signatory on our church accounts, checkbooks. I stay away from it all, and rightly so. So our board of directors receive a weekly report, and every four to six weeks, they meet together to discuss our finances and our budgets. Then every year we have an independent audit that takes place and a public report is given and audited reports are available to the whole church. And that's the reason is because we've got nothing to hide. If you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to hide. So it's open to everybody that asks a question. If you're part of our church, we want our books to be opened and accountable. Our finances are above board and you need to feel comfortable in that so that we encourage you to give generously to the work of God through our church and you feel like you know what our generosity is being looked after properly and we report on that okay let me just share in closing just a little bit of the life source story for the, so, so, so if you're a new person um, when did this church start what it said about well it started in March of 1985 and um, in 97, uh, a New Zealander came to Sydney to uh, pioneer some churches. His name was Frank Houston. And in 1985, they decided to do an outreach from Christian Life Centre Sydney on the North Shore of Sydney. 
and they sent a young pastor and his wife called Sean and Linda Stanton, and they opened up at Willoughby Girls High in March of 1985. And Sean and Linda were the first pastors of this church, but it started as an outreach from Christian Life Center Sydney. A lot of people that were living on the North Shore wanted the church on the North Shore. And, uh, and so we've still got people that were here at the beginning. If you were an original member from the beginning, I want you to stand. I want to have a look in this service. Who were some of the originals that started? Just Helen. All the rest will come later. But uh, we've got maybe 20. Marilyn, Joe, you guys were here from the beginning as well. Come on, give them a great big welcome. I love that. <clears throat> then Anne and I arrived in 1996, January of 1996. So we've been here for 22 years. And uh, we were able to, uh, with God's help and the church's help, build this building with amazing help. Uh, prior to us coming, the Sean and Linda and the church previously to us arriving, had bought the land on which we seat. And uh, there was a derelict building on here that, that in our tenure we demolished and we were able to build this magnificent building. And we dedicated it in August of 97. So in August 97, we dedicated this building. We've since done lots of extensions, but August 97, this building was dedicated. And, uh, and then a few months later, we became a missions church, March 98. We became a missions church. And, and because of that, just so many things have happened, not just overseas, but in Australia. So then we were instrumental in Australia of launching Chaplaincy Australia out of this church. And Anne was the instigator from that that um, has incredibly impacted Australia. How many chaplains do we have now in Australia, Darren? 400 chaplains, well over maybe 2,000 people trained. But Anne was instrumental in starting Chaplaincy Australia out of our church. Then in, uh, in March of 2002, uh, Julie and Lindsay Clark, while members of our church, started Metamorphic. And um, if you Google Metamorphic, you'll see Metamorphic is one of the most incredible missions organizations in the world, planted over 10,000 churches, and we still partner with Julie and Lindsay Clark, and, and some of you are invited to come to a, um, a dinner that we're putting together in March to raise funds for uh, Lindsay and Julie Clark. The, the dinner costs $750, but that's not for the food, that's for the ministry. So uh, we're, we're just saying to people, come on, if you want to come, you know what, at the end of the day, if you can't afford $750, but you still want to come and 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 and, and contribute, you're more than welcome to speak to, to Helen. And, and I'm sure that we're not going to stop anyone that wants to come and contribute to Metamorphic. But that was started in our church, has since gone right across the world. Um, in 2006, Darren and Belinda McMahon started Your Dream out of our church, which is a ministry that reaches high schools. And, and literally hundreds of thousands of young people have been reached from that. So what you see... Uh, is that our church has been instrumental in launching movements that are touching the world. Anne and I, as I said, arrived here in, in 1996 after having been in ministry for 15 years. We met at Bible college when we were still teenagers, got married a week after graduation, and four weeks later started in ministry. So in January 1981, 
I started full-time ministry. Got ordained as a pastor when I was 24 years of age and, um, and been a senior pastor now, I think, for 34 years. And uh, we just give God glory for all the things that he's done. We've got three kids. We just love Jesus. Christelle is our youngest. She's our baby. She's going to turn 30 in a couple of weeks' time. And, um, and we have an oldest son. His name is Stephen. He's 35. He lives in Brisbane. We have a middle son, Daniel. He uh, lives in Sydney. And um, we, we just love Jesus. And everything that we do here is to focus in on Jesus. Let me finish this morning by saying this. Everybody's got to find a tribe. A tribe are the people that you want to do life with. What's, what's the tribe like at Life Source? Well, it, look, if I can describe it, because we've got, there's lots of great churches in Sydney. Let, let, let me be frank. Sydney's got lots of great churches, and we don't for one second say we're the biggest, the best, the greatest. We are one of many, but we are a unique tribe. There's something unique about us. And what makes us unique? Well, lots of features, but probably the, the uniqueness of us is, is your pastors, John and Anne. We bring our flavor. We bring our beliefs. We bring our character, our nature, our personality to the church. And that's after 22 years, it, it imbibes pretty deep. So, you know, and, and beyond that, we've got the rest of the pastors and the rest of the staff and, and the, the influences that they have make our church unique. But on top of that, there's probably seven factors that cause our tribe to be what it is. Number one, we are an evangelical church. We're part of the evangelical movement in Australia. So that probably separates us from the Catholics to the Protestant evangelical. And evangelical is someone that just believes in preaching the gospel, just believes in, in Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. Then to make that a little bit more specific, we belong to the Pentecostal branch of the evangelical church. And so that makes us unique in itself because we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe um, in speaking in tongues. We, we don't do that publicly. We do that privately. It's a private thing, not a public thing. But we do believe in that, and I don't make any apologies for that either. We're also a very missions-focused church. And so if you come to this church, we'll always hear about missions. We're a Bible-based church, which probably makes us conservative in our approach to life. Why? Because we believe in the preaching of the Word of God uncompromising. Black is black. White is white. This is right. This is wrong. It makes us probably conservative in our approach. We're also a contemporary church. And so when you come to our church, you'll see the lights, you'll see the fog, you'll see the speakers, you'll see the band. You know, I'm not wearing a dog collar. I, and uh, there's no rules and regulations. If I want to wear jeans, I'll wear jeans. If I want to wear a suit, I'll wear a suit. There's, there's no regulations. It's contemporary. Whatever is, is contemporary is, is our church. But the message never changes. Just the presentation changes. We're also multinational, and that's, that's a really strong facet of our church, that we're over 60 nationalities. I've lost count how many, but we're over 60 nationalities. But we're one family. I love that. Not only are we multinational, we're also multi-generational. 
And I love the fact that we're a family church. We can celebrate Kato's 80th birthday. But we've also got little babies and we've got children and we've got everything in between. We've got incredible children's ministry, incredible youth ministry. And, and, and I'm believing to raise up a generation of young people that are going to change the world. And so we just don't want to be an old people's church. We just don't want to be a young person's church. We want to be a family church. Just, uh, just touching all of the generations. And that's what makes us us. Can I finish with the church that I see? Imagine a church where God and people are brought together, where people from all nations and different cultural backgrounds are welcomed into a loving family of Christians, where the Bible is taught as the Word of God and people are guided by its wisdom, where people love God passionately, are authentic in their Christianity, are committed to growing spiritually and sharing their faith with others. Imagine being part of a church where the Holy Spirit is free to do whatever he wants to do. Where the worship gives people a taste of heaven while here on earth. Where people are healed, given hope, and then reach out to bless others. Where dreams are encouraged and people are trained to use their abilities to help others in our community and beyond. Imagine partnering with people who see the purpose in life is to use their resources to expand the kingdom of God all over the world and commit themselves to seeing God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the church I love. And this is the church that God is building at Life Source Christian Church. Church, that's what our church is all about. In a nutshell, I know that I've gone a million miles an hour and it's taken me 37 years to put this message together. But you know what? I believe it with all my heart. My, my, my heart pulsates with joy when I hear this message because it really is just an expression of what our church is all about. And if you, if you feel that this is your tribe, if you feel like, you know what? I can connect here. I'm not here to change it. I'm here actually to flow with this. Then you're more than welcome to keep coming and keep involved. Next week, I'm going to be talking about finding your God purpose. I'm going to be talking about the fact that, that you were born with a purpose, that, that before you were born, a book was written in heaven with your name in it, and it was God's master plan of your life. And one of the greatest things that you can ever do is find out what that's all about, to find out what's in the master plan. And so we're going to help you find your purpose. And, and next week, we're going to give you a questionnaire for you to fill in, take home, fill it in, and it'll give you an idea of what your spiritual gifts are. And we'll come back on the third week and discuss that. So next week, you want to bring your friends and say, hey, listen, if you want to find out your spiritual gifts, come to church on Sunday. Pastor John's going to help us find our purpose in life, and life is going to be so sweet. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.